welcome. You are listening to the Watchman Alert Radio Network, broadcasting as a voice in the wilderness. This is Warren Radio, and I'm the Watchman, Dana Smith. Welcome to today's show. And we are living by faith in the whirlwind of the last days. Now stay tuned for a great show and line up today from Warren Radio. Greetings. Greetings. Welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy and Gospel News with the Watchman Dana Smith and me. I'm Tower, your co-host and announcer, and we have a great lineup for you today. But first, a few announcements. Today is January 16th, 2019. And here are some important news updates from WIBR Warren Radio regarding our websites, warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. The newest articles by The Watchman are Deceitfulness, Discernment, and Decision. Society today is deceitful, and there is a danger true discernment is far away from most Christians. The strong meat of the gospel belongs to them of full age. This can be, by this can they discern both good and evil. We are partakers of Christ only if we hold the beginning of our confidence unto the end. Also, light, righteousness, and cesspools. You have a choice to wade in the cesspool of sin or swim wait in the cesspool or swim in the righteousness of Christ. You can check out both those articles by going to warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Listen to Warn Radio Worldwide from your PC, Android, Apple device, and many other avenues. Check the front page on warn-usa.com for our Spreaker embed and links to all the places to listen from like iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Blueberry, and many others. Listen to all the shows on the front page of warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Listen or watch all the shows on our warn-usa.com blog and front page. Also from Spreaker or the Spreaker app. On Instagram, you can follow Warren Radio and also Facebook. And we are also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Tumblr, and others. Tonight on our program, here are some of the stories we'll cover. Egypt Emergency. Joyce Myers denounces her past beliefs in prosperity gospel. 33 Vietnamese Christians terrorized by government for refusing to bow down to Buddha. Egyptian converts stand firm for Christ. Muslim leader foils deadly terrorist attack against Christian church in Egypt. So stay tuned for more of those, for those stories and more as we have time. The readings in the Word this week are found in Exodus 
chapter 13, verses 17 through chapter 17, verse 16. Judges chapter 4, verses 4 through chapter 5, verse 31. The New Testament portion is Matthew 26, verses 1 through 75. Also, John chapter 6, verses 22 through 40. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Well, up front tonight, we're going to talk about Egypt. Egypt's been a mess, um, you know, when they had their elections quite a long, long time ago. Uh, they had the Muslim Brotherhood who won. Uh, the Muslim Brotherhood is supposed to be a political organization. We have the Muslim Brotherhood in America that still operates without impunity. But the Muslim Brotherhood in a number of places uh, in Muslim countries are designated terrorist groups and are not welcome. So when Egypt and their free election, the Muslim Brotherhood, won the election, the current status quo was thrown out, and a lot of uh, Christians started dying. Churches started getting burnt, and it was a mess. They, Of course, that was also where they had a lot of riots uh, on the streets, people getting hurt and Christians getting killed. Well, in the long run, President al-Sisi took over. And in this takeover, um, he's been trying to institute to where everybody gets along. And so he's been declaring state of emergencies, and he just declared another one, according to International Christian Concern. But before they, the news came out of this thing, uh, and Tower, you may remember this, we talked about this, the fact that al-Sisi was going to build a big church for the Christians. Right. And within that news, I felt it was really unusual for this guy or any of these Muslim leaders to build a huge church. Well, the I news, know, it sounded almost too good to be true. And, you know, the news accompanying that was that this would change the whole situation in the Middle East. Well, you know, the problem that you have, there was a reason for that. There was a number of churches in Upper Egypt. Now, of course, for a long time, we've been reporting on the Christians, the Christian churches being attacked and Christians getting killed in the Sinai. And the radical groups that are there um, actually said that uh, they love to kill Christians. That was their favorite target. And uh, this has gone on for a long time. Well, in a recent thing, more than a thousand militants uh, demonstrated uh, against this one particular church. And uh, it was on January 7th. And uh, they were having their Orthodox Christmas program then. And so the militants demonstrated. Well, to make a long story short, there's a bunch of churches in the area that offends these militants. So al-Sisi and his government, of course, he is the leader of the military, by the way, decided that they would make a promise 
with the Muslim extremists. This promise said that they would do whatever it takes to make them happy and stop demonstrating and causing troubles. So what he did was he opened up a big, built a big cathedral in the desert out in the middle of nowhere from what I understood. And he closes the churches where they were originally. And uh, so, you know, the thing of it is, four churches in total have been closed in the last month or so. Yeah, that's like one a week. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you wonder... You know, how these people can think that, uh, you know, after a wave of church closures, uh, Al-Sisi presents a new cathedral as a gift to Christians. And many of them, you know, of course, they're happy with it. But uh, he built it where they don't live. Yeah, that was a good decision. <laughs> You know, we don't want you over here. We want you out in the desert all by yourself where there's nobody around and you can have church out there. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, Egypt has been a mess ever since this election by the Muslim Brotherhood. I'm going to tell you what, I don't think it looks good for Egypt in the region. Egypt with Al-Sisi is going to fall eventually. It, it, there's no way this thing, as weak as it is, is going to stand. Well, you, you know, the, these churches that were closed, they there's no been no formal proceedings against the attackers of the churches. And instead, the police arrested the uh, church's priest and transported this, them to a station in a car that's used for carrying animals and garbage that's really an insult well you know the thing of it is is that uh, in Egypt and we've talked about this Egypt and because of its uh, radicalism and its Islam and a lot of them are the same way Christians are filthy and unclean and we know this you know for instance uh, Asiya Bibi drank uh, from this uh, particular watering station when she was working and uh, the the Muslim women, of course, seen her as unclean, not fit to drink water from the same thing. She should be drinking it from the ground or somewhere else. Um, so uh, she wound up being accused of blasphemy, uh, sent to death row. She was going to die. They commuted her sentence. She's now in uh, custody, uh, protective custody, still in jail. Her family is somewhere and we haven't heard anything on her now. But this is what goes on. And so uh, if, if you think by any stretch of the imagination that when you get a Sharia law state like Islam in, that Christians are going to live a wonderful life, you're nuttier than a fruitcake. And I don't care who you are. And, uh, you know, you can name, you can name uh, the Muslim countries and every one of them the Christians are oppressed and have problems and wherever we find uh, strict Sharia law we find Christians that are thrown in prison that are killed and considered as worse than dogs and that's the way it is yeah that's 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 a shame that's so offensive 
And so um, we are going to move on from there because uh, uh, this news uh, about Joyce Meyer denounces her past belief in the prosperity gospel. There's a lot of people, uh, churches, that picked up that. Um, this actually came out... <coughs> um, I seen it on faithwire.com, and uh, but she is on uh, Instagram, and we're not following her. Uh, I'm, I have no intention of following the woman, but uh, uh, she said that her prosperity gospel was out of balance. So you got to give her kudos for that. Yeah, that's right. You know. And uh, she says, I'm glad for what I learned about prosperity, but it got out of balance. I'm glad for what I've learned about faith, but it got out of balance. And uh, she said that her kind of idea and theology led her to believe the reason others experienced calamity was due to lack of faith. And, uh, and every time someone had a problem in their life, I thought it's because they didn't have enough faith. If you got sick, it's because you don't have enough faith. If your child died, etc., etc. Well, you know, this leads me to wonder if she and her family had some kind of uh, sickness or something that she couldn't take care of. I don't know. So at any rate, we don't know why she changed her mind. All we know is she did. And uh, really, it's good that she did. And it's it's kind of interesting. As I was reading this, um, uh, Pastor John Piper, uh, he talked about uh, the dangers of the prosperity gospel. And he pointed out uh, one thing that I talk about all the time. I have preached on this. I've taught on this. We just finished the Timothy uh, uh, series. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. That's right. Amen. You know, <laughs> it, it is absolutely amazing to me. But I, I think that, uh, you know, as we go down the road, um, it's good to see this. You know, they need to come back in line here. And it's it it really took quite a bit. But she has. Um, uh, she posted the video on Instagram, is what it did, and it had a hundred thousand views. You know, I mean, she's got a lot of followers, and she's she's been very very popular. Um, but uh, well, he he's that. Uh, what's his name, Pastor Piper? Mm-hmm. He says it's because people are. Um, or he said it's because riches are dangerous things. They're not a blessing usually. They're usually a curse. People are cursed with riches. They're destroyed by riches. And he um, he goes on to point out that it's not sinful to make a lot of money. It's sinful to keep a lot of money. Yeah, I tend to agree with him on that. Well, on the other hand, there's no righteousness in being poor either. No. We're justified by faith in Christ. And so there, there is a balance in there. Uh-huh. But, you know, I mean, you can make a lot of money and give a lot away and still be taken care of. All right. You know. Um, so at any rate, uh, there's some good news on that front. And uh, another one, CBN, I noticed that CBN was talking about this. You know what this reminds me of, Tower? When you and I were in that uh, uh, Chinese restaurant. 
Yeah. So many years ago, and uh, um, I think it changed hands from what it was. And we went in there a couple of times. Then all of a sudden, when we went in there, they had this Buddha that was right in front of the uh, the buffet line. And you and I sat there, and we had went in and eat, and all of a sudden we saw that, and uh, you and I started talking about it, and we decided that we would not eat food that is looked down upon by an idol. Yeah, it's like their food sacrificed to the idol. Yeah, exactly right. Food sacrificed to idols. And so, and of course, they were probably Buddhists, and uh, they honor Buddha, but I don't honor Buddha. He is an idol and a demon, a demon god. That's all there is to it. And uh, you know, the bottom line of it is, today in the world, it's not kosher to say anything about other religions and idols. But the bottom line of it is, is that there's only one true and living God and only one Savior between God and men, and that is Yahshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, even even scripture tells us that the god gods of the nations are are idols and uh you know the when we look at this though uh there was 13 um uh hamong christians now you know the hamong have been long persecuted uh in these areas and uh, a high percentage of uh practicing christians uh you know, in that community of the Hamong are often targeted and harassed um, by, of course, neighboring uh, communities who, you know, they can be any other faith or they can have no faith and just be a native tribesman and they will all come after the Christians. And, of course, the government will do the same thing. I mean, we've reported over the years a number of times when the Hamong were being targeted and killed. And so 33 of them, they... They told him that they they were beaten and uh, arrested. Uh, others were harassed, uh, harassed, but they said that uh, uh, in their communist country, uh, you know, you, you know, you can't do that. And so they told him that they had to uh, bow down to the idol. And of course, uh, they didn't. And so, uh, I mean, what can you do? You know, I mean, uh, the bottom line of it is there's one million of these Hmong in Vietnam. But but, uh, uh, 300,000 of them, that's, uh, you know, a third of them uh, are are Christians. And uh, so, you know, when they arrested them, they brought an image of Buddha and demanded the Christians worship him. Well, this reminds you of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego who stood before Nebuchadnezzar. You know, you can't do it as a Christian. You know, if you got a fire, heat it up. If you, you know, whatever you're going to do, do it. But we're not going to bow down. Our God is able to deliver us. But even if you do not, we will not bow down to the your image. That's what they said to yeah, uh, that's Nebuchadnezzar. Right. And this is, these Christians refused. And, you know, I mean, when you start talking about this, the images of the Bible, especially the Old Testament where we read things like that, really come alive. Oh, they do. You know, you you know that, hey, if, if they can do it 
you know, if, if countries, now, see, all of these countries, Vietnam and everything, we have Americans that visit them. We have a government that, that considers Vietnam okay. And all this other stuff, and yet these people get away with uh, persecuting Christians. That's right. China is the same way. They got a little better, and now they're getting worse, and they're arresting all kinds of Christians. They're throwing them in jail. They're closing their churches, and guess what? It's business as usual. American companies continue to make peace with China and make money off of them. America continues to do the same thing, except for Trump. He's the first one to actually stand his ground against them. Uh, China is not a friend. They're not a friend of the free world. They're communists. And don't forget it. A communist is a communist. Even a communist in America is still a friggin' communist. That's right. And see, Vietnam's becoming like it, getting to be like China. They're, um, they passed a law earlier last year giving Vietnam government more powers to control religious practices in this in the country. You know, we see that more and more. Yeah. In in a lot of the in a lot of the countries you and I are reporting of, which is a lot of them, uh, we see that time and time again. And so Vietnam's another one, and you know, I mean, you just think to yourself wherever you're at, and watch your government and be counted and stand up because you may wake up one night and not have freedom. This is why our forefathers came to America. That's right. You know, we are watching a real good series by uh, Walter Steib, who is a German of German immigrant parents who came to this country a long time ago. And uh, he was uh, in Monticello at Jefferson's doing some cooking and uh, going through that and showing you how that they cooked and prepared meals way back when with a lot of history to it. You know, and, and his family came because of that you know there's a lot of families that come here uh, because there's freedom in America and opportunity and uh, well didn't he mention his family came over to get away from or because of uh, religious practices or they wanted to be free to worship yeah well you know the thing of it is is that uh, we have a tendency to forget what this country is about. That's right. And uh, it's high time some Americans get their head out of the nether region and figure it out. Now, there's a lot of new newcomers to this country that don't care. And there's a lot of young people whose parents are well entrenched in this country and have a heritage going back, and they are so spoiled they don't care. But the bottom line of it is, if you don't care, you're going to lose what you have. And then you're going to wish to God that it hadn't have happened. If you're going to wake up, you better wake up before this thing falls. Don't wake up after. Wake up before. It's just like the Titanic at the bottom of the... At the bottom of the sea, you know, after it sank, you're in some compartment and your spirit is lifting off. You suddenly realize you're dead because you didn't get off the ship. You know, I mean, if you're going to get off the Titanic, you need to get off. There was no way to save it, so you had to get off. 
but if this old ship that we're on called America can be saved, then you need to wake up now and you need to do things in order to save it. It's just like this stupid stuff with the border. You know, I mean, Pelosi and Schumer, you know, uh, are getting paid along with the Democrats and Republicans. And they can't even make laws. They can't do anything in Congress, uh, really. Everything's shut down. People uh, can't collect their checks because it's shut down. But the senators and the congressmen, you know, all of them can collect their paycheck. That shouldn't be... shouldn't be that way and so this uh, you know the governor of florida tweeted that out today that they shouldn't be collecting anything either uh pelosi uh sent uh talked to uh uh trump and told him not to have the to cancel you know his uh, speech coming up that he has coming up in the you know they do it in june you know before congress uh, addresses the nation you know uh because uh, well, who knows why they don't want to come back? There's a bunch of the Dems that went to some, you know, a place to play in the sand of the sun. You know, it's just pathetic. Yes, it is. And meanwhile, you have mothers, a lot of them, a lot of parents who have lost their children because of illegals that came across the border. And guess what? Pelosi and Schumer wouldn't even meet with them. There was nothing going on. So I'm what are telling, they called? The angel moms? Yeah, the angel moms. I'm not telling you this to get political. But I'm telling you this because this country that you're in today, in America, is suffering from a lot of problems. The least of which is idiocy. So it's high time. If you're going to wake up and you live in America, wake up now. Or you ain't going to have nothing to wake up to. That's right. And if you think America fallen isn't going to affect the nation, there's a lot of Christian organizations like the Samaritan's Purse and others who are American-based. And there's others who are based in other countries originally, but they have outlets here. And if something happens to this country and Americans can't give anymore, a lot of these are not going to help people overseas like need to be helped. There's not going to have information coming out. You're not going to know anything. You may not care, but these people need help overseas. And we need to stop just reporting it. We need to see that, like Vietnam, they need to be told, you need to treat these people right. Egypt, you need to make sure that you treat Christians right. They and need in to have other, freedom to worship. Yeah, and other groups as well. I mean, this is baloney. I mean, if there's going to be equity, there needs to be equity. But of course, we know, we know, that in the world, there is not equity. So, at any rate, the next story that we're doing is, again, out of Egypt... And, uh, Tower, are you ready for that? Yes. Okay. This is about Mohammed, and he grew up in Egypt as the son of an Islamic sheikh, and so his life was filled with religion. And as a sheikh, his father is supposed to live a religious life where others can come and seek guidance about living a holy Islamic life. But he says his father was very immoral, and it caused... Muhammad to question Islam and um, his it bothered him about that his father mistreated his mother and 
other women and um it shocked him and he he said as soon as he grew up he wanted to leave the house and get married and start a family away from home and he said he did this and got married but he was afraid to take his wife to the family home or and leave her there alone even for a couple hours because he was afraid his father would sexually abuse her and um Muhammad became a carpenter, and through his job he met many Muslims like his father that were religious men who were supposed to be examples for others. And But through his work he seen them cheat and lie. They didn't keep their word. They weren't honest. And he said, on the contrary, many Christians I dealt with, are, you know, they were... Um, So that he, the Christians were totally opposite of what the Muslims were. And so that caused him to um, ask more questions. And um, the, one day during it, with his carpentry, this Christian family came in and wanted to commission him to do some work for them. And he, they left a deep impression on him because the, husband was so compassionate and he was caring and he was comfortable to be with you know around he and so of course all these things that happened kept raising questions in his mind and one question was why are Christian people in general good are are people who are very pure and you like to be with you know be with them and he decided to take a closer look at Christianity. And in his home, he had an empty apartment. I would, I, the way he sounds, I guess it would be an empty bedroom. And he would sneak downstairs to watch Christian satellite TV. And of course, he found it difficult to understand. And after about a week, he decided to call into the program. And he was calling in every day about Christianity. And finally, he asked if he could meet someone. And they made an appointment for him in a church. And, of course, that's very dangerous going in a, inside a church because it could put your life at risk. But he was determined. And he was shocked at what he found. Everybody was praying and praising. He said there was a different atmosphere than what I expected because I was raised on believing that Christians are doing immorality at churches. That that is why they teach it at the that's what they teach at the mosque and he discovered it was all lies because they wanted to um keep them away from the Christians. And they they were afraid of the Christians and what the effect would be on the Muslims. That's why they would lie about them. And so he began regularly attending churches and continued with daily excursions to watch his Christian TV program. And he became convinced that there is life in Jesus and death and hate with Islam. So he said, I believed in Jesus and became a Christian. And of course that changed his life. And he knew that he had to take care of and that the discovery of his newfound faith could cause severe problems. His family noticed he was acting differently. He resolved to treat his wife better, and he would even help with small tasks around the house, like watching the, washing the dishes. And one day, Muhammad was down in the basement, 
watching the Christian TV and he fell asleep with the Bible in his hand and his wife came down and discovered that he had become a Christian. So she called her brothers who in turn called the sheik of a nearby mosque and so eight men arrived at his home and they asked him to pray with them and recite the Islamic oath and of course he refused and um, so he was beaten and dragged into the street while his two daughters watched. His neighbors saw what was happening and they took him to the police and made charges that he had committed apostasy by leaving Islam. And um, the officer talked to him and he said, yes, I became a Christian and that is not a felony. So the officer slapped his face and after a long detention he told me, if I let you free they will kill you. So what I will do is release you but you have to leave the area and disappear. So he left and was living with a Christian friend, and uh, his wife's brother made her sell her, their house, and he stole the money. And he, and he knew that it was too dangerous to reunite with her, so he left the area and opened a new carpentry shop, and he was, lived that way for a year. But of course, the neighbors realized he was no longer Muslim and had become a Christian, and one day he was delivering some work and they stopped him and beat him almost to death and threw him in a remote area. And somehow Mohammed found himself in a in hospital's intensive care unit with internal bleeding. And he said, that night I saw a vision of Jesus touching me and I was immediately healed. The doctors were amazed and brought in the head doctor. And when I told them that Jesus healed me, he spat on me and let me go. And so once again, he had to find a new place to live. And he decided he would live more boldly for Christ. So he contacted his wife and daughters and found them living in difficult circumstances since his brother, his wife's brother had forced her to sell the home. And he shared the gospel with them. And he said, when I met them, I forgave my wife of what she had done. And I showed my daughters the love that Jesus had put towards me. But... Today he's still estranged from his family and he's hopeful for a rec reconciliation with his wife and daughter. So we need to continue to pray for him and for his safety and that his family will come to know Christ. Yep, the scripture tells us and the Lord tells us that uh, your enemies will be those of your own family. That's right. And uh, in the same context, he says, I've not come to bring peace to the earth. And, but it's a sword. And that's one that divides families and countries and peoples. And certainly it does, no more than now. And that's not an unusual testimony for Christians. But, uh, and that one came from persecution.com. Now, the Gospel Herald had one that was really good, and this has to do um, again about the January 7th celebration of, Chris, of Christmas. Um, what happened was Coptic Christians were celebrating Christmas, and this, of course, this is January 7th. This is their day for it. And uh, a stranger approached with a suitcase 
with a suitcase had approached the church. Now across the street was a mosque where uh, Sheikh Saad Ashkar was conducting services. And uh, as he was doing the service in the mosque, uh, two of his students noticed the man and alerted him of the threat. And so uh, the imam left with a mosque worker and uh, they uh, went after the man. And uh, of course there was a video posted on social media and the sheik was warning people in the church to get away quickly. Uh, the police found three explosive devices inside the suitcase. They didn't catch the guy because of the imam. Um, and uh, he'd one uh, their uh, a bomb squad defused a couple of the bombs. A third one exploded, uh, uh, killing the guy who was doing the defusing. Um, but after the problem, the imam went into the church and he says, "We have to stand by each other's side and take care of each other. Those who target places of worship have no religion and are neither Muslim nor Christians." And, of course, uh, the Coptic Christians uh, date back to the time of the Apostles. And they make, uh, the high is 10% of the Egyptian population. Um, And, of course, there's been a lot of brutal attacks. And a lot of them have been killed by radical jihadists. But, you know, if there was more imams like this, you know, we wouldn't have near the problem. I can't hear you, Tower. Sorry, I said that would be wonderful if there were more like that. And uh, I was impressed with this, uh, with this imam and with this uh, attitude. Here's an imam that clearly, uh, you know, has uh, some morality to him. And uh, you know, speaking of imams, we have uh, on this program over the course of the time we've been here for a long time. Uh, we did a story on an imam that actually got uh, saved, became a Christian. That's right. And I don't know how long ago that was, but it was a while ago. But uh, the Lord appeared to him. And uh, and I also remember another one who was praying at the time. And uh, it, he was in his mosque, I think it was. And uh, he couldn't understand why a lot of these Muslim nations and Muslims were killing so many Christians. And so he questioned his God, specifically praying to Allah. And uh, when he was questioning his God about why Muslims were killing him, somewhere in there the Lord uh, spoke to him and told him uh, that he was the true and living God. And he appeared to him. And the guy got saved. This was years ago. This particular story. So it's it's not beyond the bounds. And we do have reports in all the time. Of Muslims coming to the Lord. And there is. I think. Uh, uh, I can't remember if it's in these. But. Uh, uh, it may be. And, and that is. Uh, the fact that. Uh, Oh, that's this one. And let me tell you who it is. Um, uh, The Reverend Sami Hanna. Uh, 
He's pastor of an evangelical church in Cairo. And he told Premier, another news magazine website, in April, he says, we have two kinds of news, earthly news, which is very ugly, very discouraging. And I think in the West, you get only the earthly news, the bombing here or there. But there is heavenly news. He, we know what is going on spiritually. We see things that not everybody is seeing. We see things that you are not hearing. We see the multitude coming to the knowledge of Christ from every background. So this brings joy to us. And here on our show, we have tried to make it a point to tell you how many of, of people were actually coming to the Lord, not just telling you about the bombings. So uh, that's a good point. That's right. I, I appreciated this comment by this pastor from Cairo. Uh, because why else would a lot of these people who are in such dangerous territory stay there and continue to go to churches? They are seeing fruits. That's right. And uh, just like one of the main ones that we've gotten a number of uh, good news from, uh, as well as challenges, you know, some of them just about lost their lives several times. Uh, and... Uh, they are their whole ministry is made up of ex-Muslims who all came to the Lord, and and through their ministry, uh, we have reported uh, uh, miracles and signs and wonders and people coming to the Lord. And uh, so we have tried to tell you the heavenly news too. It's not just about Christians dying, but there are people getting saved, and you have to have the two to understand the situation. Because these people uh, go to church and have faith in the middle of a very, very, very tough situation. Yeah. So with that, Tower, you got another one? I do. Okay, go ahead. This story comes to us from, or it's out of the Gospel Herald. And it's the world's hottest sport porn star becomes a Christian after the voice of God dissuades her from committing suicide. And she's now a pastor, but before that, her um, Brittany De La Mora, formerly known as Jenna Presley, was once a rising star in the adult film industry. She came in second on porn icon Jenna Jameson's Playboy TV reality show. She was uh, dubbed Howard, by Howard Stern's smartest porn star as the smartest porn star. And in 2010, Maxim Mag- Magazine named her one of the world's 12 top, fe- 12, the top 12 female porn stars. And she was introduced to the sex industry at the age of 16. She came out of a troubled childhood filled with abuse and neglect. And after two years of stripping, she began performing in adult films when a producer asked her to try a romantic film. By the time she was 21, she'd appeared in 275 films, making over $3 million and becoming one of the most successful porn stars in the world. However, inside, she was empty. She was battling anorexia depression. She was addicted to drugs and alcohol, including cocaine, pills, heroin, and meth. She says, I was really depressed. 
the drugs were the only thing that helped me get through the day because they just made me feel like I wasn't in this little pit of depression. It gave me a little bit of energy and a false sense of happiness. And of course she slid further into depression after witnessing her boyfriend, who was a gang member, being stabbed to death by a rival gang. And in 2010, the young woman snorted large amounts of crystal meth while in her bedroom with the lights off in an attempt to end her own life. And as she began slitting her wrists, she heard a distinct voice say, Turn the lights on and put the scissors down. De La Mora says there is no doubt that it was God who spoke to her that day. Had God not spoken to me that evening, without a shadow of a doubt, I would have taken my life that day. So she called her Christian grandparents in Santa Barbara. They, it was, they were two hours away. And her grandfather took her to church. And she said it was at that time she decided to commit her life fully to Jesus Christ. However, her troubles weren't over. The young woman entered into an abusive relationship with a pimp and re-entered the porn industry. And three years later, while on a flight to shoot a porn scene, she read a Bible verse, Revelation 2.20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. And she said, that was my light bulb moment. I started to cry and I apologized to God. I didn't understand that this is a what I was doing all those years. And um, she finally exited, exited the industry after meeting Rachel Collins, a member of the Triple X Church, an anti-porn organization that pickets porn movie sets and conventions. And, of course, her first thought was, are these people legitimate Christians? Because how can Jesus love a porn star? And um, she said that they were so loving and friendly and welcoming. They actually just handed out the book of John, but they put their own cool cover on it to make it relatable. And completely turning from her former life, the young woman started going to San Diego's Cornerstone Church and three, three years ago and recently married Richard De La Mora, a pastor, with whom she now ministers to young adults. And, of course, her past still haunts her, and, and the decisions she made will have repercussions that will last a lifetime. And if she has children, she knows she'll have to explain things to them. She says people will always talk. They will. And today she seeks approval from God alone. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it is. This is a good story. And and also that reminds me of that. I can't find the story, but his name is Jeffrey McCall. And he was delivered out of... Homosexuality, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. He totally renounced it, and when he gave his life to the Lord, the Lord told him he needed to make a... Well, see, he he went and threw all the makeup, the wig, all the clothing out. He went to a dumpster and threw it in, and he said it wasn't a light decision for him because he had been planning to have a sex change. And, um, and God he, delivered him. Yeah, 
he was and when he was delivered God told him to make a video a live video for Facebook renouncing the LBGTQ community you know his getting yeah. out of it and yeah. and his faith in Jesus Christ and he did that and he's lost a lot of friends and and people because of that but he said the more that drop off the deeper my relationship with Christ goes well you know that's why David Wilkerson was on the street all those years and that's mm-hmm. how Teen Challenge got started and uh, when I uh, came to the Lord you know I mean I knew the power of God to deliver alcoholics Amen. and uh, I, I had seen him over the course of years and it's a who's who you know alcoholics drug addicts you know and and people like what we've talked about today and uh Nicky Cruz of course uh the and what he was doing before and uh, so many others uh as the lord said i've come not to call the righteous but the sinners and when you get tied up like this young woman or that young man you need the power to be delivered. And that's the Christ we serve today. And if you're in a church and there's no power, get out of it and find a church that has deliverance, that you can reach the Christ and find people that know how to pray for you so you can be delivered. God is moving around the world and people are getting healed, saved, and delivered not only around the world but in America and as perverse as our society is today, God is calling this society to wake up. Amen. Now, one thing I wanted to cover briefly was the National Religious Broadcasters. They've called for a congressional review of tech giants over censorship of conservatives and Christians. And every day we see more coming out. More came out this week. And this was about Google, who had people who are actually manually censoring people. This is in the news. It hit the hit the wire yesterday and today. It's we know that they that they were doing it, and so uh, the National Religious Broadcasters is very, 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 very powerful. And uh, according to uh, the National Religious Broadcasters and their president and CEO, Dr. Jerry A. Johnson, he says. It is unacceptable for technology giants to discriminate by uh, algorithmic bias or human will against users just because their viewpoints are not congruent with ideas popular in Silicon Valley. And this is is exactly what. And uh, the National Religious Broadcasters is very, very, very powerful. And so they're again sending letters out to senators and congressmen and they want him to look at the Good Samaritan Protection, which is provided for in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. And uh, this would stop them from doing that. And there, and, and I've read this before. Um, there are people that say that this is something that needs to be done. Because that particular Good Samaritan Clause, this protects... I mean, it protects Christians and, and even others from being discriminated against. 
if you're you know if if you're up there and you refuse to allow their views to be heard you're discriminating against them and you could be subject to fines and i don't know what all so that needs to be done and i am absolutely for it so pay attention to that the national religious broadcasters uh, the Good Samaritan Protection, part of t- Section 230, Communications Decency Act, and keep your eyes and ears open. And uh, another thing that came up, and this came out of the Jerusalem Post, and this was about the World Ch- Council of Churches, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, the World Council of Churches has always been one foot in heaven and the other foot in hell, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They they have done a lot of things that just, that's what it is, World Councils of Churches. And when you really look at it, there's all kinds of churches that are involved. Nevertheless, what they put together was they were training volunteers to promote boycotts of Israel. This is the boycott, oh, diversify, goodness. and of course... Uh, they they uh, stop, uh, you know, the money from flowing in. And when you have settlements uh, throughout Israel, uh, they stop people from, uh, from doing any business with them whatsoever. And so uh, they have an anti-Israel advocacy um, that had explicit anti-Semitic overtones. Uh, defined, of course, by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, and they should know because they're the ones that, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, have the Holocaust uh, uh, thing that, you know, keep that in the news. Yeah. And, of course, uh, they have volunteers, and these volunteers, uh, you know, it, it, the bottom line of all this is, and that is, is that you got to watch whenever you have the World Council of Churches and anybody doing BDS, Boycott, Diversify, uh, against the settlements in Israel. Uh, you know, this is one of those things they've been using for a long time. And, uh, and so uh, they will do anything to shut down Israel. And, and they're being attacked on every every level there is so the world council churches it doesn't surprise me that they're they're getting involved in this at all or that this happens just don't and uh another little bit of news and this came out of barnabas saying this may not make much difference to you but it happened in iraq that uh, in iraq they officially declared christmas day an official holiday there's a lot of nations uh, that uh, that are closed to Christianity that don't allow Christmas to even be uh, uh, celebrated at all. And yeah, so that's a good thing. It is a good thing, especially when Iraq and Syria both are trying to rebuild. The Christians are trying to move back in there. And, of course, today we got the news that ISIS attacked and a bunch of American soldiers were killed. And this is just as we were trying to move out. Uh, but uh, yet it's just a mess over in Iraq and over in Syria and even in Afghanistan, and Christians really face absolute uh, danger all the time. But uh, the thing of it is uh, they have, you know, it was 2014 and 2015 that we were covering this. I was covering this every day. We, and, uh, 
you know, they left, they went up, uh, you know, into the northern part of the country where the Kurds, some of them went into Erdogan's area. And, uh, of course, now they're trying to return to the Nineveh plain. And, of course, they're when you get into the Nineveh plain, and, of course, there's a whole Sunni triangle up there, which is what ISIS was, absolutely dangerous. Uh, the problem has not been taken care of, but they, you know, they are starting to come back. So let's hope that they can do that and get that situated for these people. So far, it's estimated that a major portion of the Christians in Iraq have disappeared, never to come back again. That's tragic. That's too bad. And, of course, Morning Star News again brings up eastern Uganda. There was a Christian mother uh, and a pastor, that separate attacks. But uh, we, what we're finding in Uganda, it's, uh, it's uh, really starting to heat up. Uh, radical Muslims in two areas are issuing threats. And, of course, this, this is not going away. And so, you know, you get one area calmed down, you get another area that's still going. But even as we say that, these radical Islamists don't go anywhere. They go hide under a rock like a snake. And when nobody's around, they come out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, pray for the persecuted church. Pay attention to all that. Give to, um, you know, organizations that are on the ground that help and uh, organizations that are involved in advocacy and helping uh, get the word out about the persecuted church. But remember, it's more than just bad news. It's good news, heavenly news, as was so uh, well pointed out by that uh, Coptic pastor. So remember that. There is good news. God is moving, and people are getting saved. There are miracles and signs and wonders happening. We've reported it, and we can tell you from the native churches and the native pastors and the evangelists, there are miracles and signs and wonders going on. So, yes, thank uh, God. Oh, we, um, I have a list of, I was going to read you the top ten. Um, this comes to us from Open Doors, and it's the list of top ten persecuting countries. Of course, North Korea is on the top of the list as number one. Afghanistan... Yep. Somalia, Libya, Pakistan is five, which surprised me. I thought they should be in the number two. And you have Sudan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, and India. Those are the top ten countries in that are persecuting Christians. You can go to Open Doors and uh, see the whole list of a hundred. So it's tragic that this stuff's going on. It is. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We love you. We pray for you. God bless you, and thank you for all you do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Good night. Good night. Shalom. We thank you for joining us today on WARN Radio, the Watchman Alert Radio Network. This is the Watchman, and for all of us here, shalom, everyone. See you again on the radio.